This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Jason Burns and Access Church in Lakeland, Florida. For more information, visit access.tv. Happy Father's Day. Man, how awesome is it that today we celebrate all the dads. I have been a father for 16 years. 16 years I've been a dad, and it would be very undad-like of me to not show you pictures of my kids. Now, back in the olden days, when I was a young man, uh, we had wallets with the fold-out thing with all the pictures. Well, we don't have those anymore. I don't see them around enough. But today, I get an LED wall, so I'm going to show you pictures of my kids. When I do, I expect you to ooh and ah, tell me how adorable they are. So here's the first one. This is Lydia, Sophia, and Michaela. They are 13 10, and Michaela was just born in April. Now she grows so fast, she's 10 weeks old, so we're gonna put another picture up because she doesn't look the same. Look at that adorable baby. She's adorable. We're just gonna, this is the message right here. We're just gonna stare at this picture. What you can't see is under this beautiful green blanket, uh, she's wearing a We Are Access onesie, and it's super adorable. I love it. She is my precious little baby. She is the sweetest. I'll stop talking about her. Uh, My wife and I also uh, have a son who passed away when he was nine years old. Uh, He had a lot of special needs, a lot of challenges. So he is in heaven, but I want to celebrate him today. This is Kyle. This is my buddy, Kyle. I miss that kid, and I love him. He was so special. So just take a snapshot in your mind because later on in the, in the message near the end, I actually want to tell you a story about Kyle. Uh, so just remember him. I remember him. I love him. Okay, so if you're a dad, real quick, you know that the moment you become a father, it is the most beautiful, precious thing in the world, right? Yes, it's unexplainable. But did you know that when you become a dad, you actually gain two superpowers? The first superpower is you are instantly gifted with every horribly ridiculous joke known to man. The dad joke book is downloaded into your mind. You can't help but do it anywhere you go. You walk into a restaurant, you see a buddy, you're like, they'll let anybody in here. Or you, you check out at Publix and one of the things doesn't scan and you're like, it must be free. It is a superpower, I promise. And you cannot turn it off. It's impossible. I know I've tried for 16 years. Uh, the second thing, and this is truly a superpower, when you become a dad, the moment you become a dad, you are automatically the loudest sneezer in any room you walk into. It doesn't matter if there's a thousand people, I promise you are the loudest sneezer. I think scientifically it's five to seven times louder than you were before you became a dad. But I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to get into it. So can we do this? Can we celebrate the loudest sneezers in the room today? Let's hear it for the dads one more time. I have a third superpower. It's being the loudest nose blower in the room. If you know me, you know it's true. Uh, Hey, over the last couple weeks, we have been in a really awesome series called Summer School. We have been learning from the Apostle Paul. Paul was a prolific missionary. He spread the gospel through much of the eastern part of the world. He actually wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. 
This guy is the real deal. Uh, so we've been learning from him because he's the best. We want to learn from this guy. So two weeks ago, Pastor Isaiah spoke from Paul's letter to the Colossian church, and he talked about matching up our earthly life with our spiritual life. And then last week, Pastor Ryan brought an amazing message from 2 Corinthians, Paul's letter to the Corinthian church about the new life that we have in Christ. And today, I want to share with you from what is one of my favorite books in the Bible, from the book of Ephesians. Uh, the, the question that Paul is trying to answer for the Ephesian church is this. How does who I am affect what I do? How does who I am affect what I do? Now, Paul had gone to Ephesus. He'd actually been there for about two years. He had just totally, I mean, he crushed it for two years. He led people to Christ. He planted churches. He literally flipped the city on its head. And then a few years after that, Paul ended up in prison in Rome for preaching the gospel. So what does he do? What does every guy do when he goes to jail? He writes letters to churches that he planted, right? I mean, it's what you do. So Paul literally writes these letters. Most of the letters that we know, a lot of them were written from jail because Paul was put in prison multiple times for preaching the gospel. So he writes this letter to the church at Ephesus about their identity in Christ and how they are to live it out, how they're to walk it out each and every day. Now this term in Christ, I've said it a couple times, the, the term in Christ is actually the most commonly used descriptor of what it means to be a Christian. It's used over 140 times in the Bible. 35 of those times, it is specifically directed at our identity. And 11 of those times is in the first chapter of Ephesians. So I'm going to actually read a really big chunk of scripture out of the uh, Ephesians 1. So if you have your Bibles with you or you have your phone app, you can turn to Ephesians 1. Now, as Pastor Isaiah said earlier, our screens are out. Uh, here on the sides, and they were likely lost to us from last night's storm. Anybody experienced this little storm last night? So I want to tell you a great story about uh, what a manly man I am. Uh, before we get into this scripture, my wife and I live right behind Highland Park Church, maybe like 200 yards away. We just, we share a fence with them. So last night, or I guess yesterday afternoon, it's storming, it's loud, and uh, the lightning strikes, transformer blows, we lose power. Crazy, right? Horrible. Air conditioning goes out, first world problems, I get it. So we were in the middle of making lunch, making pasta salad, as one does on a Saturday, uh, and Rachel had cut up all the vegetables and she was so frustrated, and I said, you know what? I'm a man, I'm a dad, I got this. So I went and I found our camp stove, our little propane burner thing, uh, and I take it out on the back porch. I set it up on the grill so I literally can see Highland Park Church. And I got the water boiling. I'm like, man, I am so awesome. And all of a sudden, lightning strikes the top of the church. It strikes like the steeple. I, I almost lost my Christianity. <laughs> I, I am not kidding you. If my children hadn't been right behind me, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been bad. I did have to change my pants, but... So that lightning strike 
leads us to not having these side screens, so you're going to have to bear with me as I read this really long chunk of scripture, but I want you to do something for me. I want you to pay attention to every time the term in Christ or in him or in the beloved one, which is Jesus, which is Jesus, excuse me, anytime I say that and the descriptor that's tied to that phrase, because this is who we are in Christ. So Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3, it says, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one, in Jesus. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ both things in heaven and things on earth in him. In him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth. Man, this is who we are. This is our identity. In Christ, we are, we're chosen. That means that we're not passed over for someone better. If you've ever watched the Geico commercial where the little girl's out on the basketball court, she's getting ready to choose her team, and she's like, hmm, Charles Barkley. And Charles Barkley's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course she picked Charles Barkley. You are God's Charles Barkley. I hope you're a better golfer than he is, but that's a totally separate thing. So you have been chosen, not passed over. You have been adopted into God's family, not abandoned. You're not abandoned in Christ. You have been adopted. You have been redeemed. You have been forgiven. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what path your life has taken you, you are redeemed and forgiven in Christ. You are also an heir. You have an inheritance Ethan talked about it in worship today. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That is my inheritance because I am in Christ, because I am chosen and adopted. I gain that inheritance. I have been marked by the Holy Spirit. I have been sealed. The, the Bible says sealed. What does that word sealed mean? So in ancient times, when you would send a letter so that whoever is receiving it knows that it's you, you would literally put your mark in a wax seal so that nobody could say that it was from a different person. They knew it was you. Or they would brand their cattle to identify them. It was a, a seal that they would put on them. Think of it like a tattoo. If you have a tattoo, you have literally been marked for life. And I hope you chose wisely. And if you didn't, I don't know anybody that can help you with that. But it's, that's literally what it is. That's what it's trying to say there is that you have been marked by the Holy Spirit. 
So this is who you are if you are in Christ. Yet so often we find our identity in other places. How often do we find our identity in our job or our role? How often do we find our identity in our failures? How often do we find our identity in our past? How many of us have experienced trauma in our lives and we have found our identity in it? Maybe our current life situation, it has literally taken over who we are. Maybe our political affiliation has become our identity. None of these things are bad or wrong. We all have trauma. We all have failures. We all have a past. But when we put our identity in those things, when we make those the core of who we are, that's where we get into trouble. Why? Because identity determines behavior. Who I am determines what I do. Who you are determines what you do. The book of Proverbs tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So if I am so caught up in my trauma or my failures or my job that I allow it to change the way that I think it shapes me, but really I need to be in Christ at the core of who I am. As humans, we have a tendency to want to work on our behavior rather than our identity. We read books to try to change our diet. We read books to try to, uh, to change the way that, uh, that we act or that we think. Those things aren't bad. Books aren't bad. Self-help books are not bad. But when we don't focus on the core issue, the identity, those things are temporary. They won't fix anything because we need to get our identity in order first. Now, why is it that we get out of balance so often? I believe it's because we forget who we are. Maybe a better way to say it is, I think we forget whose we are. In Ephesians chapter two, it says this, it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Some translations say masterpiece, instead of workmanship, or handiwork. You are a work of art. Rachel sent me a picture the other day. You know, we get pictures in here when we're leading worship and, and doing stuff. Sometimes they're horrible. I mean, like, real bad. So there was a picture of me somewhere, and I just was like, ah. So she sent it to me and said, ha, 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 and I was in the middle of planning the message. And so I messaged her back, and I said, baby, I'm a masterpiece. I'm a work of art. The frame's just gotten a little wider. Dad joke, see? I told you, you can't turn it off. So the Greek word here is poema. The Greek word here for masterpiece, for workmanship, is poema, which is where we get the word poem. You are God's poem. You are his work of art. You are his song. You ever tried to write a song for somebody? I tried to write a song for Rachel this summer. We've been married for almost 17 years. We've been together for about 19 years. And I've never written a song for her. And you're like, boo, you're a musician. You should have already done that, bro. Well, I don't know why I didn't because it's hard. It's hard to write a song. It's hard to take all of the things about her that I love and try to put them into a song. 
You are God's song. He literally made you his number one hit. Every single one of you is God's number one hit. You're his I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, which was written by Dolly Parton. I know that, but Whitney Houston crushes it. You're his number one single. You're God's Hotel California, right dads? You're God's I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. You are God's All-Star by Smash Mouth. Boo. Nobody wants to be that guy. You are God's workmanship, but remember what it says after workmanship. Could we go back to that uh, verse, James? It says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So it doesn't just stop at being his work of art. He created you his work of art for a reason, for a purpose. Your identity is meant to lead directly into your destiny. i say that again. If you walk away with nothing else today, can you walk away with this? That your identity in Christ is meant to lead directly into your destiny. You're like, whoa, bro, destiny, that's a big word. Well, okay, not like thinking about your destiny, but you have an eternal purpose. You have an eternal purpose. And if you get your identity out of alignment, off of that, you will be distracted from your destiny. If your identity is off, you will be distracted from your destiny. What is your destiny? Your destiny, your eternal purpose is this. Paul called it the stewardship of the mystery. Like, what does that even mean? God has given you a gift. He's given you an inheritance. And you get to be a steward of that good gift to share it with the world around you. What is the mystery? The mystery of the gospel is that every single person on the face of the planet, no matter their age, their race, their background, their family, their failures, is invited to be a part of the family of God. You are invited to be a part of God's family. This is your eternal purpose to share Jesus with those around you. It's all about being the light of Jesus to a dark world. That's the purpose. You might say, eh, that's your job as a pastor. You, you preach the gospel. That's, that's Pastor Jason's job. He's the pastor of this church. It's his job to preach the gospel. It's his job to disciple, which as a side note, I miss Pastor Jason. I love that he and Liz are getting some time away and I'm so honored that he would give me an opportunity to preach while he's on sabbatical. He'll be back in just a few weeks and I absolutely cannot wait. I love and miss him. So thank you, Pastor Jason. But it's not just Jason's job to be sharing the gospel, being a light to the world. You're like, that's not for me. I have a job, I have a life, I have a family. Okay, Paul, who wrote this, was a tent maker. Paul was a tent maker. It tells us in the book of Acts that in order to support himself as he taught and preached and traveled and planted churches, he was a tent maker as a trade. Paul was a blue collar guy, but Paul also was a Pharisee. A Pharisee was a Jewish leader who was trained from a young age in debate, in the law, the guy was brilliant. He was literally 
at one of the most prestigious schools in the world to become this leader of thought and religion. But tent maker or Pharisee, Paul did not find his identity in those things. He found his identity in Christ. Paul was also uh, a Roman citizen, which gave him access and influence, but he didn't make that his identity. Paul suffered. He was beaten, imprisoned, shipwrecked. His life was not easy. Yet in none of those things did Paul say, this is who I am. Actually, what Paul said was, I consider all of this worthless for the sake of knowing Christ. It doesn't mean that those things weren't important. Paul still needed to make tents. Paul still was a brilliant thinker. It's why he was able to write as well as he did. That stuff didn't just go away because Paul became a follower of Jesus. It became a part of his identity with Christ at the core. How many of you have ever been to a small group or a meeting where you had to wear one of those hi, my name is tags? I've got some of them here. These are the ones we use at Access. So this says, husband and dad, family man. This is, I am this. Hi, my name is Andy, and I am a husband. I'm a dad. This is what I do for a living. This is my calling. I'm a pastor. I'm a worship pastor. I'm also a follower of Jesus. I am in Christ. This is a big one for me. Rachel and I were parents to a special needs child for nine years. If you're here and you have a special needs child, you know how this can shape your identity. We've found a lot of our identity in this. Oops, this wasn't supposed to be up here. Star Wars fan. What? No way. We'll put that one right there. Also, if you're not watching Obi-Wan, you're missing out big time. Fantastic. So I, I am all of these things. Just like Paul was tent maker, uh, religious leader, Roman citizen, a man who suffered... I am all of these things. They make up who I am. But what we do as humans is we get it backwards. We try to make our, our job, where's it at? Worship pastor. We try to make this the, the priority and we get out of alignment. Or maybe our family man, maybe our family time, our role as a husband or a dad we put too much energy and emphasis in that and we forget the purpose in our life. Or, okay, well, maybe not the Star Wars fan one. Let's move on to a different one. As a father to a special needs child, it's easy to find your core identity in this. It's easy to fall into that. And so in Christ becomes just one of our identities. It just becomes one part of who we are. But this has to be the core of who you are. If this is the core of who I am, then I can be the father to a special needs child. And it helps me to step into my purpose and my destiny because it's under the authority of Christ. Being a husband to Rachel and a dad to my girls, under the identity I have in Christ is how I step out into my destiny. Star Wars fan, obviously. Worship pastor, 
I can be a worship pastor and not be in Christ. And that's a dangerous place to be. I want to live out this calling under my identity in Christ. So all of these things, if they're in alignment with my identity in Christ, then I get to step into my destiny and I'm not distracted from it. God made us who we are so we could make known who he is. God made us the way we are so that he could make known who he is. You are who you are for a reason. And when you bring that under Jesus, you step into your calling and you step into your destiny. Now, as I remove these sticky name tags, um, I'm going to jump over to Matthew 5.14. Matthew 5.14 says this. As you are the light of the world, a city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. Jesus, through you, draws people to himself. Jesus, through you, draws people to himself. Somebody who may have no interest in church, no interest in God, maybe they've been wounded by the church, they could care less. But I promise you, they are watching every move that you make. They're interested in how you handle a crisis. Maybe you lost a child or lost a parent. Maybe you are a business owner and your business went under. They're watching how you handle that. The world is watching how you speak to your wife and your kids. The world is watching how you treat your employees. This is why your identity is so important. It should impact how you live your life. Your identity in Christ should impact how you live your life. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible in Ephesians 4 says this. Paul writes, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. The man is literally in jail writing this. He's telling the Ephesian church, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called of God. Lead a life worthy of your calling because the world is watching I'm gonna close with a story. I promised you at the beginning that I was gonna tell you a story about my little guy, my Kyle. And it ties all of this together. Rachel and I have served the Lord. We have surrendered our lives to Christ since we were kids. And having a child with special needs was really, really tough. It was a tough season of life. It was a beautiful season and God was with us. But it wasn't easy. And so for, for a few years, four years, we were worship pastors at a church in Orlando. And Kyle was still with us at the time. Kyle was wheelchair bound. He never talked. He never walked. He couldn't eat on his own. And so one Sunday, I was leading worship up on the, on the platform. And Rachel was sitting all the way in the back with Kyle. And I heard this story uh, a few months later. A man walked in. And he saw Rachel and he saw Kyle and first his heart was moved and then he said what kind of a deadbeat dad would send his wife 
and special needs child to church and not be there. What a jerk. So worship ends and I come down, I walk around to the back and I walk over and I kiss Kyle on the forehead and I sit down and this man told me later, he said, the moment I saw that, I thought to myself, if that family can live their lives and still serve Jesus, nothing that I go through in my life could ever be so hard that I couldn't live it for Jesus. And so he rededicated his life to Christ. He brought his family to church. He ended up job at the church, and he has been my friend for a decade because Rachel and I loved our son under the identity of Christ. That was the core of who we are, who we were. And it allowed us to live the life of special needs parents in a way that the world saw love, the love of Jesus. This is what it means to find your identity in him, to live out your destiny and to be the light of the world. Now I wanna go back to that verse that we, we, we read earlier about the light of the world. It says, you're the light of the world. And then it says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And then it goes back to talking about the light again. Well, why is this here? This is here because it's talking about a community of people who are living as light in the world. One light maybe can be shut out. Maybe two or three lights can be pushed aside. But a hill, a community of people living out their purpose and destiny under their identity in Christ is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. So I'm gonna ask the production team, when you came in today, you got a glow stick. If you already broke it, it's totally fine. We're gonna hold them up in a second. I want the lights to come down and I'm gonna call out a couple of things. Don't break them yet, don't break them yet. If you did, it's okay, but don't break them yet. If you're here and you are a stay-at-home mom who is living under your identity in Christ, will you break your glow stick and hold it up? Hold it up, shake it and then hold it up so we can see that. Look at that. That's, that's some pretty awesome light in our community, in our city, in our world. If you're here and you're a business owner who is walking out your identity in Christ and living in your purpose, will you break your glow stick and hold it up? If you're here and you're a medical professional, if you're a doctor or a nurse and you're living out your purpose under your identity in Christ, break that glow stick and hold it up. Now, every single person in this place has a purpose and a calling. And you can choose to walk in that calling under the identity of a son or a daughter. If you're here, whatever it is that you do, if you're willing to bring it under your identity in Christ, will you break that glow stick as a sign that says, I will be a part of this city on a hill that cannot be shaken. I will be a light in the world. Look around. We are not alone. This world is not too dark that the people of God can't make a difference, can't live lives that change things. That is why we must know 
who we are, whose we are, so that this can be reality. You are the light of the world. Father, I thank you for every single person that is here today, every single one who has said, this is my identity. I am in Christ. And in Christ, I will live out my purpose and my calling. And I will be a light of the world. I will be a part of the city on a hill that cannot be hidden. If you're here today and you have not made that decision, you say, I have not surrendered my life to Christ. I don't know what my identity is. I'm confused. Would you lift your hand and say, I want to receive the gift of Jesus. I want to surrender my life to him today. Thank you. Lift your hand. Thank you. I want to pray with you. Thank you so much. Now let's pray together. Jesus, I give you my life today. I surrender who I am. I take on the identity of a son of God, a daughter of God. Jesus, will you help me to live my life as a light in the world? Will you change me and shape me? I repent and I give myself to you. This is who I now am in Christ. Adopted, chosen, loved, forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, that you have used us to carry out your message, your word to the world. Let us continue to be light in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we, can we clap our hands for those that gave their lives to Jesus?